Hear me? Have we checked out his ears? Henry Deaver. The devil is in Castle Rock. Welcome everybody to this hot take for episode 8 of Castle Rock. I am Acadia Einstein here with the co-chair of the Castle Rock Historical Society, the brilliantly talented hannah selector how are you hannah oh pshaw i'm good yeah. thanks for asking and this very episode... happy to be having this drink at the mellow tiger yes i want to chill the mellow tiger we don't have to worry about jackie showing up because i think she's probably mostly arrested and no tears this episode no one's uh got the waterworks running no i mean how could we we don't know who's dead and who's not in what time and what where so mm-hmm. there's nothing to grieve it seems And if you haven't joined us before, what Hannah and I do is right after we watch the episode, we kind of talk to each other quickly about what our overall thoughts were. And then we kind of pick three things that we thought were either fun or important out of the episode. And then we'll also read all the viewer mail, which, by the way, I remember in Maine, there was a thing called, and I'm sure everybody had it. If you lived on a weird road that the mailman didn't go to, you had to get your mail at General Delivery, which just meant you went to the post office and said, yeah, my name's Larry. And then they would just give you your mail. (laughs) So... I think that's what the Castle Rock post office actually is. I mean, yeah. Yes. It's we go and get it. Think and about it. Castle Rock even having infrastructure, honestly. Yeah, no, they got nothing. Well, not for nothing, they did have to call the Stadies when there was going to be a murder because there was nobody else to call because they don't well, have a yeah, sheriff. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then tomorrow night we'll do the deep dive where we pick everything apart <laughs> because we get people that tell us. They don't have to pay as close attention because they have us. And if we're performing that service for you folks, then we're happy because that was one of the reasons we wanted to do this in the first place. Sounds nice. If I can save even one other person from slowly going insane, yep. I'm happy to do it. Damn straight. That way you can keep watching and looking at your phone at the same time. We'll fill in the blanks for you. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll try. <laughs> I'm losing it. Ever since the New Year's debacle, I just feel like I'm not as smart as I previously thought I was, having an identity crisis, and it's all Stephen King's fault. Damn it. Who'd have thunk? So what was your first thing? My first thing is my big doy, because I walked around for a week convinced, utterly convinced, that when the, the whole thing with Pangborn dying had to be a separate timeline, because... It was still light out when he got back and talked to the kid on the steps. So I went back and I watched and indeed it was not. He was not. It was nighttime. It was full dark. However, the other things that had been bugging me, I knew that the record had changed at least once. It did change again in the continuity of Ruth and the kid in the house so that it was it was skipping on Elvis, the king blue moon um, ah. when pangborn got in there the things that did not match though is why would the kid have cooked a second batch of food that he then burned after all that went down because mm-hmm. 
he served it to her fine and there was no fire and the kitchen wasn't trashed and then when pangborn got there the kitchen was trashed and there was a pan on the stove when did he put his coat back on that didn't match up for me and my other big one is the last one which i think really really kind of cements my theory being right but i have to admit it wasn't daytime so ah well Doy for me. My second We're only human. Yeah. But I think I, I want no, want's the wrong word. I need it to be that there are two things happening at the same time, if not in parallel, at least one a little ahead of the other or behind of the other. Um, because otherwise a lot of stuff is not gonna make any sense to me and I don't think the show is gonna make sense as a premise. Right? My second thing was the cutest Easter egg yet. The Jerusalem's Lot bus station, which wasn't really a bus station. It was just a building with that said Jerusalem's Lot on it where the bus stopped, where Wendell got off. So looks like even though that town was mostly destroyed by fire after the Marston yeah. house was set, on, uh, set ablaze by Mr. Mears, the... Uh, must have grown back because it's it's populated enough and non-vampire-y enough to at least have a bus station. I am worried about Wendell, yeah. I have to say. It's, it's not For a good... more than one reason, but especially because he got off in Jerusalem's lot and apparently thinks he's going to walk back to Castle Rock. Yeah, that's a long way. And hitching is a bad idea no matter what. Always. All of it. Would you bad. like to get murdered? Hitchhike. He's just asking for it. Yep. But my big one, and the one that actually may tie everything up for me, well, they named the Reverend. His name is Reverend Appleton, or Applebee's. Yes. But Oh my god, I have like, oh, I'm going to make the joke now. Is it the most ambitious crossover of all time with a Perfect Strangers and Castle Rock? Oh my god. Da, da, da. Larry stopped being a journalist. Oh and, my god! You know, went to seminary and became a minister to get away from Balky. Get away from Balky, yes. Oh, <laughs> live in Castle Rock. And we were talking about conventions last week, and one of the ones that I was on at, that I was at this spring, their first reunion. Oh, they, they I were love there. that show. So it's now they are shows. legit. Like you'll you'll see them at a con because they are a thing now. My big one was during that little part. When the good reverend was talking to Henry, very concerned about Ruth, and Ruth was asking him, is Alan dead or alive this time? Like, she's doing it on, she's trying different things, yeah. Like, yes. Or this timeline, who knows what exactly. that means, I guess. But like, yeah. she's, because she told Wendell... We've been here before. We've had we'll this conversation be here. before. Exactly, exactly. So yep. that was my big, oh my God, I might actually be right thing. So then I was kind of doing like the Snoopy dance the rest of the episode. So really, I was just kind right. of in and out on the whole thing. <laughs> oh, and as a little special bonus one, Molly just going, well, I wonder what four would do. Kind of cracks right? me up. <laughs> oh my god! And then driving. Yeah. Do yeah, not. That's a bad, bad. Do not do it. Don't uh, do it, folks. Then again, if you're taking examples of behavior from Castle Rock, you're already screwed. Yeah, you're so. doomed. That's true. So what tickled you? By the way, what did you think after the heavy emotions of the Queen? What did you think of Past Perfect? Uh, I. I don't know what to do with myself with the show anymore. I was yeah. like, 
all right, I'm ready to start figuring things out. I'm ready to like get get smug about figuring out where the show's get. I just, you know, I mostly came away feeling confused, and I had to marinate on some things, and I had to watch it again. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've certainly recovered from the Queen. I had recovered by the time we did the the deeper dive of it. So, you know, I'm I'm excited. Did you? I'm confused. You know, I might. I might be able to choke you up one more time if you didn't hear this thing that I heard about um, the choice that... Remember we talked about how Alan didn't say anything to Ruth as he was actually dying? The choice Mm -hmm. that Scott Glenn made as an actor, he told the director, I'm not going to say anything. And Uh the director asked him why, and he said, Alan would not want Ruthie to know he's in pain. Uh, so he protected her even to the end, end, end. Hmm. What a guy. Oh, oh Alan slash Scott. <laughs> but so I do agree on brand for me, um, all of my reactions are to dumb things, pretty much. Dumb, yeah. funny things. Save all my serious analysis for next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, the book slap with Gordon in the beginning. I... Was not sure where that was going. I have a note that said, this conversation is giving me hives because it was so pretentious. And then suddenly book slap. And it was crazy. And I enjoyed it on, a, was... on, a, on a comedic level. That was a really big book hammer to the head. That and was I don't a moment. That would have been the guy, you know, I don't know what challenge, getting his dissertation challenged or whatever. I no idea what that was like a job interview or something maybe see i thought he was i thought he was trying to prove because i have no idea i I, oh yeah i thought it was he's trying to get his you know he's defending his whatever you know to get his phd or masters or some shit like that i don't know so like that's what jason's doing and the setting is usually a little bit more formal than that at least with but you know he goes to a big university i i don't know well he better watch out now I know. Wear a helmet to that shit. Well, none of the circumstances in that situation are happening around here. But well, that's yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what that was. It was just all really awkward. Yeah, and, and I didn't know whether slap. They, they were trying to set him off as he was a volatile person. So the stuff he right. did later made sense. That doesn't make sense to me because I don't. I don't no. think those things lead to each other. <laughs> understand being upset about what happened to gordon like that that's tough and awful but yeah geez that was a whole thing anyway i laughed i realized it's probably not supposed to be like a hilarious thing but even in that kind of sad situation uncomfortable situation i still think most people would not do that i genuinely think this is the closest we've gotten to legitimate someone trying to play a little bit for laughs yeah. In the show. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. The Gordon and his wife are such caricatures in yep. so many ways. Like almost everything they did came across as funny to me, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Yeah. You know. It's them, the drug dealing skid, yeah. and his friend with the minions joke, and sometimes Diane. Jackie. Yeah, Diane. Sometimes she's yep. funny. So that's it. So yeah, I agree with you. Getting slugged with a book regardless of the circumstances in front of a bunch of your professors, not good. Yeah, I guess that's why they had to move. That'll get you fired real quick, even if you have tenure. Mm -hmm. My next uh, hot take is that the decor for this B&B murder house is shit. And 
he said exquisitely detailed replicas that boiled down to like discount store mannequins and way too many statues of roosters. Yeah. Where was that all about? Why, why were there so many? I don't know. And like, it reminded me of my grandma's kitchen, which is (laughs) not scary. One of the most delightful places on earth, honestly, but it is full of roosters. That's it. And he had, like, painted some blood drops on mannequins that weren't wearing any clothes, that didn't have any details other than, like, an axe in the back of the head and was calling it an exquisitely decorated replica experience. And I'm like, I don't know, Gordon. Maybe you should stick to weird PhDs about the BTK killer because, you know, replica... He Murder houses seem, aren't your thing. Yeah, he wasn't an, an ex-imagineer from Disney, you know, like painstakingly recreating. Oh, we added all no. these hairs by hand. Nope, nope, nope. Certainly wouldn't be the first time a male academic overestimated his abilities. Oh, Z snap. Yeah, Gordon, you suck, and your wife has a weird obsession with rooster statuettes, and. Yeah. I, you're kind of burying the lead on your whole concept, too, because the historical B&B thing makes me think, like, I want to take my great-aunt Sally to, like, wine country and stay there. doesn't seem like an escape room sort of deal or, like, a murder house tour kind of, kind of deal. I yeah, don't know. They really need to play it up. That whole thing was weird and stupid, and I think it's a bad money-making venture. And the but... website doesn't go anywhere, and I'm sick of them doing that. Stop giving us phone numbers and websites that don't do anything. How dare you waste our time? Sons of bitches. <laughs> you know, because that's, that's, that's not what we're into. <laughs> podcasts about television shows. <laughs> and my last thing was freaking Diane eating murdered person blood. What is wrong with everyone in this show, everyone in this town, sniffing and licking and eating and I, whatever I stuff that you should not understand? Even if you thought it was corn syrup with food coloring in it, it was on the ground. Don't put it in your mouth. What is wrong with everyone? It enraged me in a way I cannot explain. It's not how humans behave. What was the thing anyway? Like it was was like like a a fork that was bent and weird, right? Yeah, it was made into a bracelet. Like some cutesy thing you'd buy at a flea market, I guess. Like, oh, I took this fork and made it into a bracelet. I'm quirky. I don't know. I wouldn't have worn it, but, you know, I don't want to be too disrespectful because that lady got murdered. Yeah, I can't even say she was asking for it. She wanted nothing to do with any of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't crap on people's decor if you're staying in their B&B. It just seems rude. I don't like B&Bs anyway. The whole thing seems pretentious to me, but maybe that's because I have no money. Why would you, okay, why would you make somebody give you money to be a house guest that then you have to talk to? Like, yeah. The money should make it so that you don't have to talk to them. They're not paying to talk to you. Like, I don't get any of it. The whole deal with scheduled meals, too. Uh, it's just like, I don't want to be restricted in this fashion. Please. And you, like, can't use the internet or the phones or whatever except between these times. Yeah. And don't don't be loud because also I live here. It just seems yeah, terrible. It's a weird idea. So it is. this episode, I was very worried. And this is just a little, a small observation. I was worried that they had veered completely into, you know, an American horror story that a lot of times they'll be like, okay, we've got a story, we've got a story, we've got a story. And then maybe 
a few episodes in they're like well we just tested and it's not scary enough so let's just put some vampire wizards in there you know what i mean yeah i got there too because it was a complete departure in terms of like the level of violence that we'd been seeing so far and i'm one of those horror fans that it's like gore is not scary to me right i don't i don't like, if I feel like I'm going to barf, that's not frightening. It's just like, ew. But even this was just like, what is happening? This yeah. was all very sudden. Yeah. And, again, people aren't behaving like humans behave. No. But well, that's Castle Rock. Yeah, that is Castle Rock. So I would not I would definitely not say this is my favorite episode. However, I would say that it moved, well, I could say it moved the ball, but I don't know what direction it moved it in because, right. again, going back to the going back to the Vonnegut scale, a bunch of things happened. Were they good or were they bad? Don't know. Who the hell knows? And that's good. And that's actually that's my favorite part about this show is that they are things are developing, but you don't know what they mean. And oh yeah, can I do one serious WTF moment? Of course, because I you know mine were kind of shallow. Okay, like Odin died. He barely functioned in the show, and now he's been murdered, and we like know nothing about him. And I feel like he could have revealed potentially a lot of information about stuff. Yep. But now he did. And I'm like, but Willie's a... alive, maybe. Yeah, that's true. And like, I don't. I think Willie probably did it, and I like don't Willie blame him necessarily. I also thought ouch. it was interesting that he did it by stabbing him in the eye, and Odin historically had one eye. Oh, ha ha ha! Hmm. Clever. So yeah, I mean, cool episode. It definitely went by really quickly for me, but I yeah. just kind of found myself being like. It was definitely one of, towards the bottom for me in terms of episodes I liked because I felt like it just kind of was piecemeal events that weren't in themselves all that fulfilling to me. Yeah. Except for like a few moments. And I don't give a crap about Gordon or anything having to do with he and his wife. Like they came up briefly and I thought they were going to go away, but. I mean, I I thought just because of the whole Chekhov's gun thing that they would be, you know, they were like Chekhov's couple, they would come back, but. I didn't think, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff to, and I don't want to be like, it's not going to be a bitch fest because I still think that there's stuff that we need to, to like dig into a little bit. I, this felt to me like an episode where people were running around, you know, places, please, places. Everybody has to be in such and such an area between that, you know, they're running out of episodes. Get these characters in. They need to be. These people need to be here, and then Wendell needs to be walking down the road in a perilous manner, and Ruth needs to be... Arrested? Nothing happened to her, or no, the cop was going to come see her the next day, so I guess nothing. Um, Yeah, apparently if women with Alzheimer's murder people, they don't get arrested. No. Well, I'm going to go ahead and invention women with Alzheimer's. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I don't know. That was the whole thing, too. Anyway, we'll have a lot more to say about this tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, what did what did uh, the the Castle Rock Stars just like your hat ah, says have to yeah. say this week? I couldn't come up with anything more clever for the hat this week. You didn't even. So have to. we are actually go. Oh my gosh, we just got another email while we've been doing all this too. Nice. We've got a lot of emails, and I think we left off on Letitia who came back clutch again with another email talking about Grant Fur or Fuhrer or however you say it. Mm-hmm. Which means that, oh, and then Teresa asked us about dogs and we talked about that and how I don't have an answer. <laughs> you don't have an answer. <laughs> no one has an answer. Which brings us to Jennifer P who says, 
Hannah and Acadia, I'm not sure if it was sadder watching Ruth shoot Pangborn or listening to the last 30 minutes of your archive dive recap when I knew what had happened. (laughs) Pre-episode 7, Hannah and Acadia didn't. They were so happy and full of questions. We were. (laughs) And then we took a nosedive. But then we came back, I think. We're fine. Don't don't worry about us. (laughs) Regarding the Animal Crackers birthday party, here are my thoughts without rewatching. And I... Shout out to you, Jennifer. I think this is really cool. My first thought was that the kid was in another time, the old song, and they didn't notice or react to him like a memory. Then I also thought that the mom was Molly's sister, so I changed my mind. Side note, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Or was at. But then, when there was no reference to it after, I decided that it wasn't Molly's sister and that it was in the past. The birthday boy was named Gordy, which some took as a reference to the body or stand by me, and others questioned whether that was Gordy himself. Except Gordy was the little brother in the body, not the big brother, so I dismissed that too. Then I noticed Molly's weirdo freezer-inspecting customer was named Gordon. Maybe this was his childhood, but he doesn't mention living there, and it seems longer ago than that. Final thoughts, since the record player is the same, what if this was the Reverend's childhood home? Maybe it really is the same record player. And then she uh, Mm. answered a few of our questions for us too, but I think that's a really cool thought. I mean, how many many people are you going to name Gordon in the same show? It seems lazy if it's not meant to be... intentional that's true and he was familiar with castle lake so like maybe he grew up there and then went away to be a professor at whatever the fuck university that was (laughs) des moines u yeah (laughs) i would i would definitely attend and or be a professor at whatever the fuck university Mm -hmm. so neat thoughts jennifer and then she provided us some question answers potential question answers for our big long list, which if you haven't checked out is on superficialgallery.com. Mm-hmm. It's a whole list of all of the questions that we have so far, probably of which there are a few new ones and maybe some we should delete. So I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, we got to fill these in because, yeah. So why does Molly use a timer when looking through the box? I think it's some kind of safety precaution. She knows how long she can dwell without losing control of the situations. She mentions that she can lose track of herself. So good thought. <laughs> I think she's flipping, and I think that the door shuts if she's there too long. Mm. Or, like, I can only time travel for whatever amount of time. Mm. Have, have Henry and the kid met before? Now we know the answer is yes! Yep. Which we'll get into tomorrow. But Jennifer said at the time, since last night's episode, which I think was episode 7 when she wrote this, clearly showing him as the reverend, then he certainly has met Henry before. He asks if it has begun and can he hear it now, but I was wondering if he was always the Reverend or if that happened after the body arrived. If after, he still seems to know who Henry is. And, yeah, I don't think the kid is purely Reverend Deaver. That's almost too simple. No, he's not. Yeah. Wait till tomorrow night. I have so many more. I'm never going to slow down making up more elaborate theories. Absolutely. I mean, whatever. (laughs) I'll eat crow for days. Slap some hot sauce on it. I Mm -hmm. I don't care. Are all Church of the Incarnation members part of the suspected schisma cult? I agree with you that the cult is part of the church, but the church is not part of the cult. Cool. Yep. Uh, Was Reverend Deaver's agree with us? Me too. Makes me feel smart. Yeah. Because this show is making me feel stupid. Was Reverend Deaver's ghost soul whatever haunting the Deaver house? Do you think the kid has been Reverend Deaver the whole time, or did he just take that on when he arrived? If he's been the Reverend the whole time, then maybe the Animal Cracker House was his childhood, like she said earlier. 
but maybe he was still an empty vessel and then the reverend filled the space. Hmm. I, I also want to note that when he put on his suit and lay barefoot on Ruth's bed, it really reminded me of a corpse being laid out. Corpses don't wear shoes. Know how I know that? It was the book Silence of the Lambs when Agent Jack Crawford brought shoes to the funeral home when his wife died. And know who played him in the movie? Scott Glenn. We talked about oh, this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The kid looked like a corpse, so when Ruth said they buried him in that suit, it really rang a bell for me. Neat note. I don't know a ton about the whole burial death industry, but I know you do. Is that a thing? You don't yeah, put shoes don't, on They don't dead usually. People? Yeah, because when's the last time you went to a wake and you started like peeking down in to see if they were wearing pants and stuff? I'm not going to lie. I think as a child, the curiosity would have been there, but like Probably, the but, social convention would have blocked it. Yeah. Plus, it would have been harder for you to reach when you were just a little nipper. Yeah, I've been to a lot of funerals, so, yeah, and still never really thought about it. I was thinking that, like, you know, shoes are expensive and or that post-mortem toenail growth thing, which isn't really growth, it's just... Oh! Ha-ha! I haven't mentioned fingernails or toenails this episode yet, Man. so go ahead and make like make you, a gagging noise. You don't, even, you don't even know you're doing it. It's like second nature to you now. I'm so not bothered by that, but there are lots of things that bothered me. Mm. Here, you can bother me in the future. I hate it when people lick fabric. Like if a child has snow on their mitten and they're licking it off, or if someone gets mustard on their shirt and they're like, I don't know, something about the act of licking fabric makes my makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Wow, you would not want to eat hot dogs with Jackie then, because no. I bet she would actually just lick her cloth napkin. Can I just say she's like my least favorite character? I know that's I, I don't know how to explain it. It's again, it's probably just cuz she's like a younger version of me and I hate her. Like she's very much Hannah in high school. Oh. Look at me. I'm kind of edgy. I like weird stuff like serial killers. Please I... please don't ask me about my feelings or self-esteem. And there's no Uber in my town, so I just invented a taxi service. I mean, Kudos to her for hustling, but, like, what a weird side hustle. Yeah. Are the Church of the Incarnation's wild investments related to Reverend Deaver's study of the schism? Oh, she just told me it was a good question. She didn't offer a theory, but thank you, Jennifer. I thought so, too. (laughs) But now I think they're not going to answer that, and it was just a stupid thing that they did to explain why the parking lot was paved over. But who knows? Could be. And then, what was Ruth's distress settlement about? And she proposed that maybe it was about the Reverend's grave being moved. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I agree. I agree, because they're like, hey, we're going to dig up your loved one's bones. Yeah, but that implies, like, a settlement implies that a lawsuit was brought. So, like, who sued then? Like, you settle something if there's a lawsuit brought against you. Yeah, I guess. Maybe they had to come up with a classier way to say it than buyout. Yeah, I just feel like it didn't need to be addressed at all. Yeah, true. But unless it was, eh, whatever. Then we have an email from Jason P. who says, Hey guys, loving the podcast as well as the series. He sent us a YouTube video that he thought we would like. I came across these years ago and the howling in the show kind of reminds me of these noises. Jason, I forget what this YouTube video was. Give oh, it was creepy. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we did end up watching that, and the noises are similar. We'll I put the video in the post for the show. There we go. I also think that the schisma sounds like whale noises. Mm-hmm. Jason says, I am of the mind that the resolution of this show is not going to tie into any of King's mythos, but a new supernatural explanation will unfold, primarily no. because they want to... 
they want to bring in non-King fans as well as King fans. You might as well have just kicked Acadia in the teeth, Jason. Stop having good ideas that I don't want to be true. Damn it! (sighs) We've done so much work making sure that it's somehow tied to previous King work. I, I halfway agree and I halfway don't. Because they've leaned, even though they say they want to bring in non-King fans, they've leaned really heavily on previous King work. And, so. to be fair, it would be new, like, if they brought up a new thing, any, if, if they're not a King fan already, it's going to be new to them anyhow. So unless they do what they did with the Doc Tower movie and not explain stuff that they needed to explain and then explain a bunch of stuff that they didn't need to explain, then they could get away with it by keeping within the King universe. Ah, smart. Nice. Who knows what the hell's going to ha- happen. That was a Grant Fuhrer-style save. Yeah, I gotta tell you, my confidence pre-episode 6 about like what was going on, what was going to happen, was like rock solid, and now I feel yeah. like a baby giraffe nah. wandering around in the King world. Our next email comes from Camille. That was kind of a near rhyme, and I <laughs> appreciate it. Camille says... Found a discrepancy with the scene where Alan gives Ruth the chess set. When Alan thinks back on the day he gave the set to her in episode 5, the TV is not on in the background. When Ruth revisits the memory in episode 7, the TV is on showing a New Year's Eve broadcast. I'm not sure if this was just a mistake or if it actually means something, but the chess set thing is driving me nuts. Oh, it means something, Camille. I, I think so, too. Especially since... And now we get to Letitia's email. Letitia, you're one of my favorite emailers because you're keeping up with things that we're not keeping up with, and that's great. But also this throws a huge wrench in a lot of things in terms of what we think is going on, but also sort of helps us out. So let's see here. I just realized these may make everything more confusing, but here they are. She sent us some images from the official Castle Rock Facebook page, which I don't follow because I don't have Castle or I don't have Facebook. (laughs) Castle Rock. And so there are dates on snapshots of the Castle Rock call, which is the newspaper in Castle Rock. Right. And it says that Alan Pangborn went to investigate the shots heard at the Deaver house in 2008. Fine. That gels. June 11, 2008. But then it's got Fire Ravages Juniper Hill Hospital, August 17th, 2018. Even though in the show, it took place after the October Bridge dedication in 2018. Mm Mm-hmm. So is this a separate Juniper Hill fire? Hmm. But it's the exact number of dead people. 14. The headline says eight staff members and six patients are dead. So it's like the same fire with the same number of deaths, but a year before. Oh, no. Just a couple months before. Excuse me. So what the heck is going on there? And then August 10th, 2018. Tragedy at Shawshank. Security measures were taken as chaos struck the facility. And it's like, would the showrunners make that big of an error? Because that's two months kind of before, like, what we perceive as Castle Rock is happening. Because somebody, no, because there's more to it than we think. Because somebody, and I can't, I'm sorry, you said it on Twitter, Molly's Notebook, where she's recording everything, Mm -hmm. all those dates are from 2017. Oh, yeah. Every single one of them. It was, um, was it Melissa? It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry if we are getting y'all confused. There's, There's many names. Twitter doesn't count for me as writing things down anymore because I used to be like, oh, well, I'll just scroll through the things and I'll know for sure. And then I didn't whatsoever. It was awful. My Twitter feed's a mess. And most of my replies to people are stupid gifs that I like. So <laughs> enjoy that. <laughs> oh, Camille had another email nestled in her other one. Did she? Yep. She said uh, that she the, the chess pieces threw her. 
And mm-hmm. when she was at the doctor, which we're assuming was after uh, Ruth jumped off the bridge, Camille says the doctor makes the she makes that comment about coming up with the coping me- mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And when she goes home, she says, "I need to come up with a system." And right. she still said that it felt odd. So then she was like. I wonder if Ruth not only sees her memories, but she also sees things that haven't happened yet. We've seen the future when Zaleski saw his own murder rampage, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. I think that I hadn't like connected it to Zaleski being able to see, you know, what was going to happen ahead of time. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. And then yeah. she also pointed out uh, in the doctor's offices, Ruth is coming back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. She says, "Somebody sent you flowers." <laughs> Which could mean she's experienced that moment before, but this time she noticed something different, the flowers. The whole scene is odd because the dialogue begins to echo and then seems spliced together with different voices. And then the doctor's words start to lag from her actual mouth movements like a Bruce Lee movie. (laughs) And that's the only time that happens. Yeah. So that and the other thing that she wants to know what we think is... Why would Ruth have wondered aloud if she was the one in the casket? So, probably at the time she said this, I would have had no thoughts on this. But seeing that now, like, Molly has died, so says the kid, and she's also still clearly alive. It's like, has Ruth witnessed this phenomenon before of people dying and then coming back? I I don't know. Maybe she thought she did die and it was finally over. I I have no idea what's going on. I feel very marooned on an island i don't know camille this is a you dug up a lot of cool things in here and i am going to address like 700 of them tomorrow night because i am wrapping my new theory around them (laughs) yep just call me backpack because acadia will be carrying my weight tomorrow Ah. You you find stuff that I never find, and then I have to adjust my theories on the fly. <laughs> ah, well, we'll see what happens. Mostly what's written in my notes is a lot of stupid jokes at this point, because I just feel tired after watching episode eight. So, And I already blew one of my jokes this episode with my Perfect Strangers crossover. But, ah, well. Now that you're in the email, do you want to read the email we got from Jen M? Oh, sure. Yeah, go for it. She says, Dear Acadia and Hannah, I know how much you don't love having to eat crow, though the doy portion of the show, through the doy portion of the show. So this week, I thought you might like to sit back, relax, and live it up as the writers of Castle Rock eat some crow with this major bit of doy. All right, I'm on board. The padlock on Warden Lacey's basement is a fluke. While I know the police situation in Castle Rock is pretty void because of them no longer being incorporated, Lacey's suicide revealing that he'd kept some stranger person locked in the basement of the prison would have had any cops worth their salt breaking the padlock off that basement door, especially before Molly could sell the house. They'd be looking for evidence and clues as to why Warden Lacey locked this strange kid in the basement and then killed himself. Even if Mrs. Lacey wanted nothing to do with it, it would have been procedure because he'd kidnapped someone and held them against their will. Of course, because this is an incorporated Castle Rock, we can let the cops get away with a lot of things, and they'd lose a major plot device if they were forced to reveal those pictures of Basement Kid and Henry Warden Lacey spent so many years of his life painting much earlier in the show. But realistically, it's a big legal doy that they didn't even investigate Warden Lacey after he committed suicide and the kid was discovered. So yeah, I thought that was a pretty major doy. 
On another note, if all those pictures are significant, what do you think the lake picture is going to tell us? Something really, really bad, I bet. Don't breathe in the asbestos in the basement while using the microfiche, Jen. <laughs> no promises, Jen. Yeah. Jenny. Whatever you prefer to be called. Mesothelioma. <laughs> Luckily, there are a lot of commercials to offer us support in yes, that way. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I'm with you, Jen, especially since I work in the legal field and I often find myself thinking in television shows like, that not right. But <laughs> considering Henry's encounter with that douchebag at the police station when he went to bail out Molly about how suicides solve themselves, I think we're pretty much just meant to think that, like, a, all the law enforcement in Castle Rock respected Lacey so much that they're not going to create a fuss surrounding his suicide, and also that, like, they don't care. Yeah. And not everybody knows about, well, when Molly blew up on local color, did she sell Lacey out? Oh, I don't remember. Because they kept it pretty quiet, and, like, when Voice on the phone was yelling at White Wine Warden, it was like, make this go away, so, and get that guy out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I and, think even so, there would have had to have been... Because you would think... I mean, I, and I, I'm i so angry that she's not been back in the show yet. Right! Unless she was in on the whole thing, you'd think she'd want to know what was up in the basement. Right. And I'm a little irritated that, like, when Henry... I'm getting ahead of us because, like, we're going to talk about this next time. But when Henry went into the basement, there's, like, nothing in there except stupid Gordon's mannequins. Yeah. So... Whatever. And last but not least, at the bottom of our mailbag, Joy, who is a new emailer. Hi, Joy. Glad hey, to Joy. have you. Nice to meet you. Forgive my rambling. I have no one to discuss the show with, and I'm bursting. You should start a podcast, Joy. That's what <laughs> That's what all of us do. That's what we did. <laughs> Just kidding. Just hang out on our podcast. Yeah. I found your podcast Monday and binged it. Aw, Wow, Joy. that's great. Thank you. We love that. Number one. Y'all have proven that I have apparently not been paying attention watching this show. That or you're not clinically insane. Yeah. One of the two. Two, I had a bunch of thoughts that past perfect is thrown out. I think, though, that the kid has access to memories and uses them to manipulate people around him as well as to teach him about the world. I don't think he's necessarily good or evil, but I think he understands the effect he can have on others. Some he seems to be okay with, others not so much. I love that he seems to want to protect Ruth, almost like he had absorbed some pangborn. That last line just about killed me. I suspect that some answers won't come this season. I strongly think that other stories involving other characters will probably provide answers to questions from this season. I think the seasons will be braided together, even if none of the characters are the same. Wasn't the birthday boy's name Gordon? Am I remembering wrong? No, you're right. It was. No, you're right. Just a thought. In it, they often or they often mention that the adults in Derry refuse to see the evil that happened around them. Seems like Castle Rock is the same way. I guess she's talking about in It, mm -hmm. which been a while since i've read it by the way i also felt like bill skarsgård kind of looked like a frog i still don't find the actor that attractive okay joy we're not friends anymore <laughs> but wait don't come for my man no i'm just kidding uh but i think the kid i don't i still don't find the actor attractive but i think the kid is oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i i rescind my reaction yeah exactly. i guess it's like i guess it's like one of those i don't like tomatoes but i do like ketchup kind of things i don't That's... know i'm weird me too joy and way too old to be looking in his direction. Oh, well. <sighs> come say, come saw. Don't Whatever. you worry about that. No! I mean, I have a major crush on that, uh... Oh, shoot. Who's the host of River Monsters? That old, grizzled British scientist guy. Oh, the guy He's... that catches those giant fish? Jeremy Wade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. at me. 
Come at me, Internet. <laughs> I'm all about that. And, like, I would marry Meryl Streep right this second if she showed up at my door. And she's way older than me, but... You have a shot. Uh, yeah, I think so. Technically, I it's mean, 50-50. <laughs> I feel like we'd have lovely dinners and wine together, and she's just a classy lady, and I love her. This is getting way off track. Anyway... Okay, I think I'm done. I'm thoroughly enjoying your podcast, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this episode. Oh, okay. no, you can't. I'll tell you that right now, Joy, because I am. I might have to buy test tubes just so that I can like pour things into other things, just, <laughs> just to signify how hard I'm working on this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm scared. There's a lot. Well, that's good, because I feel like I had no profound thoughts about this episode. There's... Maybe I've got brain burnout. No, well, I mean... That's very possible because remember we were we did kind of get dragged a little bit after episode seven because there was a lot, you know, there was a lot of emotion tied into the analysis. Yeah. Now it's just people getting wanged in the head with axes and whatnot, so it's not. So so much of that was not meant to be funny, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. And well, and I wonder the. Maybe it was supposed to be funny. Because it's very much like a satire of horror in some of those scenes. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, this dumb hackneyed thing that everybody does in every cheapo horror movie with little effort put into it, we've done. Like, the nude stabbed up bodies. Ooh, how titillating. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever, people. Come on. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Kind of. Now that I think about it. But they were all centered around that same... No, I'm not even going to say that. You know what? I'm going to say... This is by far not my favorite episode, but I nope. realize now that while they threw a bunch of stuff around, there were certain things that if they get caught in the filter, then they'll ah. be meaningful. Ha ha. That's what we I We got think. jokes. Yep. <laughs> and they all tie together. And we were talking, just so you guys know, the people that listen to the Hot Take show, Hannah and I were talking about... What's going to happen after episode 10 is over? Mm -hmm. And here's the answer, folks. Not nothing! Aha! <laughs> so, how's that for a tease? We're not going to just disappear. We won't. Not in the traditional sense. Nope. Although, some people have been knocking on our door, and we may, make, we, have, we may have to make a hasty break for it. Yeah. We might have to go on the road a little bit, because apparently there's a lot of other meetings needed in the basement of the community center. So... Keep an eye out. We're not disappearing forever. And if you have any ideas about what you might want us to do yep. in the interlude between season one and season two, we'll definitely take those into consideration. Yeah. Of course, we've got some ideas of our own, but we like to hear from you guys. Yeah. And I'm liking that we have more in our mailbag every week. That's yeah, lots of fun. That's really, really great. And it's hovering right on the edge of us not being able to read every email we get. In. But I'll tell you what, you know what we should do? And... We mail should put them stuff? on the site. Yeah. Oh, I want to do a mail call episode so badly. When we get enough that we can do uh, a whole mail call episode, that would be awesome. But we'll also just, we'll make sure we put them all on the site. We won't put anybody's PI on the site, but people should be able to talk about them and everything like that. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a good thought. So we're not, we're not going to disappear. The adult education is going to rev up because it's fall, so they're going to need the space a lot. So... That's going to hinder us a little bit, but we can do remote, I think. Yeah. True. I don't know what they're going to do in the last two episodes, but I realize now that 
like I kind of alluded to earlier, this episode was a lot of, we're going to put people in the places they need to be to get to the finale, like put them on the board, off the board. And I still think that Frances Conroy has to come back. And if she does, I'm going to be super sad. That's like my biggest thing right now, honestly. She's, she does need to come back. If she doesn't, then what the hell? Come on, y'all. Why Unless... even have Frances Conroy if that's what you're going to do with her? She's brilliant. Unless... No, because this is already shot. I was going to say, unless she's doing... Because I don't understand how they do American Horror Story, because I know she's usually in American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. It seems like they shoot that, like, the week before it airs. Like, I don't understand. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's 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 like... They do it like yeah. South Park. It's so quick. I never know what's going on anywhere, so... Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I miss her, and I feel like she's an important character, and she obviously knows... Things about Lacey that we need to know. Yeah, so, she knows. bring back Francis Conroy, 2018. Oh, and I'll give you one other little, one other little tidbit. I don't think I mentioned it in the deep dive. I read an article with uh, Sissy Spacek, and they were asking her, you know, what was it like to be on the show? You know, the standard stuff. And she said, well, one of the hardest things for her was to beat the Texas out of her death, uh, out of her voice, to get ah. the main accent. But when then she said. But Francis Conroy has the most perfect main accent I've ever heard. You said that too. The thing is, they haven't inter- interacted in the show yet. So ah, unless which Sissy's... means that perhaps they shot a scene together. Yeah. So unless she's just talking about, oh, I watched that one scene she was in. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> then yeah. it, you know, then then maybe we're gonna see those two. Tell us the real details, Sissy. Like, what's it like slow dancing with Bill Skarsgård? Is it everything I've imagined? I, yeah. I would like to know. Yeah, and I guess, uh, I guess the kid can do that whole sometimes you touch me and something bad happens and sometimes you touch me and it doesn't. Yeah, I love how I'm digging myself a deeper hole of, like, never being able to meet Bill Skarsgård in the future because he'll find me completely creepy. You just wear the hat. Just wear the hat. <laughs> Person. Wear like, the hat. Wear the hat and the big pink headphones when you go up to his table, and you can be like, "Hey, <laughs> do you want to see my notebook?" <laughs> oh, listen, Castle Rock Stars, you were not going to be disappointed by the deep dive tomorrow night. That I can promise not. you, because there's more to it than I thought, and I think once I watch it one more time, I'll really be able to uh, finish my trigonometry. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye! This shit stops now! <laughs> <laughs>